The following is a production of Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. For more information about the seminary, how you can support it, or applying to become a student, please visit www.gpts.edu. Hello and welcome to another edition of Confessing Our Hope, the podcast of Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. Today, we will be continuing our denominational debrief series. I have on the line with me a minister in the Reformed Presbyterian Church, Hanover Presbytery, the Reverend Doug Dalma. Doug, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. Doug is going to be speaking about this year's annual meeting of the Hanover Presbytery. That's how I'm going to refer to the denomination through the rest of this podcast, though the full name does include that Reformed Presbyterian Church, Hanover Presbytery. The meeting took place on September 13th in Savannah, Georgia, and Reverend Dalma is the assistant pastor at Dillingham Presbyterian Church in Barnardsville, North Carolina. He's a graduate of Sangre de Cristo Seminary and author of The Presbyterian Philosopher, the authorized biography of Gordon H. Clark. He's also editor of The Selected Letters of Gordon H. Clark, and he's seeking to begin a hiker hostel and Christian retreat center along the Appalachian Trail at some point in the future as the Lord provides opportunity for that. Um, Doug, kicking off right now, very briefly, for the benefit of our listeners who are unfamiliar with Hanover Presbytery, what is the history of the denomination, and what are its theological distinctives today? Well, I've, I've had that question myself, what is the history of Hanover? And I've found, to a certain extent, it's shrouded in mystery. Um, I, I don't want to over-exaggerate that, but I've, but I've tried to write an article on that very topic, an introduction to Hanover Presbytery, and have found some information and talked to some um, older members of our denomination. But basically, it forms in the 1980s and early 90s um, as a number of churches, um, a number of ministers at that time were not um, interested in um, the, the joining and receiving of the PCA and the RPCES. Um, it was primarily Southern Presbyterian churches. And so the history of Hanover is, is somewhat intertwined with the other um, small Reformed Presbyterian Church denominations, the Reformed Presbyterian Church General Assembly, Reformed Presbyterian Church United States, and the Reformed Presbyterian Church Hanover. Now, Hanover was um, led by Edwin Elliott, and I believe there was an Edwin Elliott Sr. and an Edwin Elliott Jr., and I, I don't know their history too well, but they were involved in what has been somewhat of our, our central church in Manassas, Virginia, just outside of D.C. You know, that history is helpful. Doug, what are some of the theological distinctives? The Hanover Presbytery um, holds to the original Westminster Confession and does not allow um, deviations from that um, among the ministers. In, I, I would say some interesting distinctives are that we are a very light form of Presbyterianism in that we have um, no committees um, at the Presbytery level. We have no bank account. And so a lot of the ministers who formed this denomination and who have joined it today are glad to get away from the bureaucracy of their previous denominations. And they've found that in Hanover, which um, is which very strongly um, interviews or, or examines the candidates for ministry, they've found that their individual churches are given the freedom to um, minister 
um, there in their churches without spending a lot of time, without the ministers spending a lot of time on committees and dealing with some of the problems that um, they had in their previous denominations. The majority of the ministers in Hanover, I would say, have come from the PCA, from churches in the PCA, but there's, a, there's some men who have OPC backgrounds, um, I think ARP as well, and some other denominations. And they've, they've come together in, in Hanover, I think somewhat like the other small Reformed Presbyterian churches, to, to form a more consistently confessional denomination. So there are no, as I was telling someone the other day, there are no liberals in Hanover Presbytery. There are no moderates. It's essentially a conservative Presbyterian denomination. Very interesting. Now, in light of the fact that the Presbytery itself is pretty uh, hands-off or doesn't have a whole lot of apparatus for uh, committees or even a bank account or anything like that, how does discipline take place in Hanover Presbytery? We've been fortunate not to have many cases. I believe there's been a few cases in the history of the denomination. And it can occur there at our presbytery meeting, and we have just a once-a-year presbytery. Um, so there's sort of just that two-level. You, you have your sessions at your churches, and then you have your presbytery, which functions essentially as the general assembly of the denomination once a year. And so certainly um, discipline um, issues can arise there. But during the year, if there are... Um, particular issues that can't wait until the presbytery, um, the stated clerk, I believe, will um, will choose a person to be a superintendent of a certain issue, and they will look into that issue. Um, as far as the details of how that works, I, I can't, um, I can't uh, go too far as I don't know myself. Well, it's okay. It's not something we need to focus on now. I really am more interested in this year's annual meeting. Um, this year, how many congregations are in Hanover Presbytery, and, and where are they located? Yeah, so following this meeting, we now have um, 12 churches that are, 12 congregations, churches that are officially in Hanover, and there are some um, mission works, um, some chapels, other things that are associated with Hanover. So we currently, from my count, have 12 churches, and I believe about 24 or 25 um, ordained ministers in the denomination. Um, this one, like those other Reformed Presbyterian churches, started off primarily in the southern United States, but now we have a church in California, um, Indiana, and in fact, um, as of a few years ago, we now have a church in Brazil. Um, so the geographic range of the of the church is is quite broad now. Although um, maybe the center of mass is in the southeast here, with a couple churches in Virginia, um, North Carolina, Georgia, um, and in places in in this uh, this side of the country. Who attends the annual presbytery meeting? Is it just pastors, or do elders attend as well? Pastors and elders attend. Um, this year, um, the numbers were heavily skewed towards the um, teaching elders, towards the pastors. And so I think there were 15 total attendees, um, mostly teaching elders and a couple um, ruling elders. And, and the, re the reason, so our, our attendance was fairly low this year. I think we'll 
always remember this as the Hurricane Presbytery because our Presbytery meeting was scheduled in Savannah, Georgia, just as uh, Hurricane Florence was approaching in the Atlantic Ocean. So uh, many ministers and elders um, opted not to attend the meeting. You know, whether or not a hurricane is bearing down on you. What happens at a Hanover Presbytery meeting? Do you all open with worship and then and then get down to business, or is it because your numbers are are few and 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 you want to get through business quickly? Do you just go right to business? Uh, how do you all conduct the meeting? Yeah, well, we typically, of course, um, open with prayer. Um, we have a review of the of the history of the denomination, its principles and customs. Um, then we, we do, in a sense, get into business soon thereafter, but but uh, what I've seen in the three presbytery meetings I've been to is that there is a sermon, um, and we will sing a psalm. Um, at our presbytery level, we, we sing only the psalms, but in the churches, the individual churches have the freedom to be either psalm singing or psalm and hymn singing both. Um, and then, uh, then we, after the sermon and, and um, psalm singing, we will continue with um, the business of the of the Presbytery. Speaking about the business this year, can you give us a brief overview of what happened over the course of the day at uh, on September 13th? Probably the, the biggest element, most interesting thing, was the um, examination of Stephen Sutherland, um, a minister um, coming into our denomination who had currently been living in Northern Ireland, and who's going to be helping out, um, likely becoming an assistant or associate pastor at our Savannah congregation. And so we, uh, we had Stephen Sutherland um, give the sermon and have an examination, and it was quite challenging, but really quite excellent. So we were um, glad to uh, unanimously, I believe, approve him into our denomination. This year, did you welcome any other new ministers or congregations? We brought in um, two new congregations, um, Tab Street Presbyterian Church in uh, Petersburg, Virginia, which is just south of uh, Richmond, and then um, Christ Church Yaden, which I know you're familiar with, which is um, near uh, Upper Darby, Pennsylvania. Um, also came in, so two two smaller congregations, and Hanover is um, it it does tend to at least right now have mostly smaller congregations. Although we have we have a few now that um, are more of your you know standard size of a church that are that are um, fully capable of having a minister or two ministers on staff and able to. Um, have you know more standard church life, but a number of the congregations are still in a smaller mission status, um, and certainly we're we're praying for their growth. That's been a primary interest. I've been working to start a Hanover Presbytery prayer letter to increase communication among the denomination, and certainly growth of the small churches is a, is a common theme in the prayers from the various ministers. Of course, of course. Now, speaking about these two congregations that are brought in, though they're both relatively small, they have very different histories. From what I understand, um, Tab Street Presbyterian Church in Petersburg has a very long history, and then Christ Church Yaden started by friends of mine um, in, in Yaden, Pennsylvania, near where I grew up. 
has a very short history. Can you tell us a little bit about um, Tab Street and, and the long history there, and, and then anything you know about Christ Church Yaden as you've welcomed them into the denomination? Both are quite new to me. Um, I have I've only had a brief um, exposure to them, haven't had a chance to visit either of them. But you're right, Tab Street, from what I can tell, is a historic congregation. Um, I understand that uh, Dabney preached there um, some back, I don't know if it was, I don't know exactly when that was. It was It was the spring of 1865, right before the war ended. He was still a chaplain for the Confederate States of America at that time. All right. Well, you know more than I do. <laughs> so yeah, Tab Street is a is a historic church. I've seen pictures of it online. Quite beautiful. And I, so I believe both Tab Street and um, Christ Church Yaden had come from an independent status into our Hanover Presbytery, which which I think has happened possibly with some others, although. As I mentioned before, many of our ministers, and I think some of the congregations, have come over from the PCA in, in, in past years. From what I understand, Tab Street, and I got this information from Wayne Sparkman, the historian for the PCA, he, uh, he reached out to me and provided this info to me after seeing, I think, you and I in, exchanged some uh, Facebook messages on, on a thread right after Presbytery meeting. And um, Tab Street was a PCUS congregation that came into the PCA along with the other founding congregations of the PCA in 1973, but then it, it left for independency, and I'm looking for my note here. Here we go. It left for independency on January 13th, 1976 and was independent until September 13th, 2018, when it joined Hanover Presbytery. Interesting. Yeah, so I don't know the circumstances of it, and I asked Wayne, and he said he doesn't know offhand he'd have to go digging for it, and um, I'll follow up with him in case I am really curious. But I've been in Petersburg. My great-great-great-grandfather, Abraham Groff, is buried in an unmarked grave in the National Cemetery there outside of Petersburg. And if um, you know any of our Civil War history buffs will recognize then that he must have been fighting for the Union because he's buried in the National Cemetery. And in fact, that was the case. He was a private in the cavalry. He was wounded during the Battle of um, Reims Station, I think, and it was the day before the siege of Petersburg, and then he died in a field hospital during the siege itself. And um, I don't know how he was wounded or or what, but um, my wife and I, with the kids, when we were driving up from South Carolina back to Philadelphia, decided to stop there and see if we could find his grave. Unfortunately, he was one of the two-thirds in the cemetery who had a an unmarked grave, and so I took a picture of some of the different varieties of unmarked graves just for my own family records. But while we were there, we drove by the old church, and um, and another time when I was in Petersburg uh, all by myself, I was staying with a, a PCA pastor friend of mine who lives there, and he drove me by the church as well. He was the one who told me Dabney had preached there a long, long time ago. So that that's really interesting history. And then, uh, Doug, what do you know about Christ Church Yaden at this point? Probably the youngest church now in um, in Hanover Presbytery. Yeah, well, I wanted to make one more connection there on Tab Street, which I which I found um, interesting. 
last year at our Hanover Presbytery meeting, we brought in uh, Reverend uh, Linwood Wilkes into our denomination, and he had pastored Tab Street some years ago, I believe there in the 1970s, and I, I don't know how long his affiliation, I think he was there for quite some time, um, and, and so he, he would be one that I hope to discuss further the history of Tab Street. Um, I think he would have been there when they um, went independent, is my understanding, um, but it's been some years now that he's been preaching at uh, PCA Church uh, in Lebanon, Virginia, I believe, is the is is the location, and I think the name of the church as well. Um, so yeah, there's there's interesting history there. Of course, with any church that is as old as Tab Street is, there's going to be much history there, which is is exciting to learn more about it, and we're excited to. Uh, bring them back into Presbyterianism. As you know, independent Presbyterian is, is a, a challenging um, set of terms sitting side by side. It is. It is. And some congregations are stuck that way because of um, things written into their constitutions or the conditions around being able to keep their building, like Independent Presbyterian Church of Savannah. But other congregations do um, willfully choose to remain independent while also allowing their ministers to uh, pursue credentialization in a denomination. So it is good to hear that Tab Street is now back in a in a denomination and not just kind of going out on its own. Now, Christ Church Yaden, what do you know about those brothers, Doug? I don't know a whole lot. Um, I had met um, Mark Grasso at the Hanover meeting a year ago, and Mark, um, like myself and as, as you are, I believe as well, Mark is uh, an evangelist in the Presbyterian Evangelistic Fellowship, or as we say now, the Reformed Evangelistic Fellowship. And um, I believe, so Mark is a ruling elder there at Christ Church Yaden. And they've had, um, in recent times, um, minister, an ordained Hanover minister named Larry Morrison has been uh, doing some pulpit supply there. And I, I believe they're probably working in the direction of either making him stated supply or some sort of um, more uh, official connection there. But the church, from my understanding, is, is too small um, at this point to be calling a minister um, full-time. So Mark, I believe, has been, been leading up a lot of those efforts. And I've, I've met Mark just a couple times, but he is, he is like some of these other PEF um, evangelists just— uh, they really warm my heart. People like Mark Grasso and Patty Cook, who you can tell have a real fervor for the gospel, a real passion um, for evangelism, um, getting out there. And, you know, neither of them are called to be um, ministers, but they seem to be better at, at evangelism than most ministers are. And so I really do hope for, I really do pray for Mark's efforts to grow that church. Yeah, those brothers do have a zeal for evangelism, particularly going door-to-door or out on the street in heavily trafficked areas or with a lot of foot traffic like 69th Street in Upper Darby and uh, South Philadelphia and, and North Philly. And another man that's been involved there is uh, Reverend George Petrella, who's ordained through a different small denomination, not the PCA, uh, though he had been attending a PCA church for a very long time. And um, George has been laboring tirelessly with uh, with Mark and the crew there in Yaden. But the reason why I know those brothers, and I know Mark and Patty pretty well, is because they were the ones that recommended that I 
look at Greenville Seminary as an option for my seminary education. This was when I think both of them were still in the PCA at the time, and I didn't leave the PCA, um, though I was aware of what Mark was doing in Yaden, and um, and I'm just very thankful for those brothers. As I as I told you before the call, Doug, I, I owe them a, a debt of gratitude for uh, pointing me in the direction of, of this fine seminary here in Greenville, South Carolina. Yeah, I believe they, they each told me that, that they had pointed you towards towards Greenville, and I think you had some other seminaries in mind that shall remain nameless. And they said, no, you probably don't want to go there. Let's go to Greenville. And it, it's interesting, as you as you mentioned earlier, I attended um, Sangre de Cristo Seminary out in Colorado, which is a Reformed seminary, and I think really quite amazing in a lot of ways, um, but quite small. I think it works well for some people. But I've come to really appreciate Greenville as I've been here in the Southeast, and that is probably the location that I would most uh, recommend for seminary as well. So I think um, really God is working quite wonderfully there at Greenville, and I and I aware that there's a large incoming class. Yeah, the last the last two years have been very good here. Our enrollment has really skyrocketed, um, though maybe skyrocketed is a strong term for a small seminary to use. Um, and it looks like next fall we'll have another uh, large class, and the faculty have even approached me about um, about putting together uh, some kind of protocol for a, for a waiting list <laughs> in case we max out again, because they're, they're saying, hey, we love all these students. This is great. And this is not what we're used to dealing with, so we might have to have a waiting list. And I said, that's fine, that's fine. So um, we'll max out at 30, but um, my aim is always 25 uh, full-time resident divinity students, and we, we, got, um, we got closer to that this year. We hope to achieve it at some point in the future And as far as numbers for an incoming class. Back to Hanover Presbytery, though. Um, what was the single most encouraging takeaway from the meeting for you, Doug? Well, I was um, very encouraged by Stephen Sutherland's examination, his his zeal also for the gospel, and his knowledge, um, learning more about him. That was certainly important. Um, but I think for me, what what was the biggest takeaway— well, let me say one more thing first. What, one of the things um, Hanover ministers have loved is that when we come back from Presbytery, we are built up. We are we are excited. We're glad for what's going on. We're not torn down. We're not fighting the battles that a lot of people are fighting in other denominations. Presbytery is is an encouraging um, affair. So that being said, um, probably the most encouraging to me was to to meet and hear from the report of um, Russell Kent, who is a minister in our denomination. And I understand that that Russell's um, wife died a couple years ago, um, but that the Lord has found in his um, new singleness, found many opportunities for uh, uh, Reverend Kent to minister in a number of places, um, including some churches in Washington State, but also some work in the Italian-speaking um, region of Switzerland, where he goes for um, some stretches of 90 days, which is the max that he can get on the on the visa, and then he comes back home. But then he is is continually invited there um, to a group of um, uh, Bible believers in that place, and so it was it was really encouraging to hear um, those uh, the 
the the work that he's been doing in those places. I'm trying to recall specifically what what he said, but um, it was certainly encouraging. As were each of the ministers have the opportunity in the small denomination to to give up and to to get up and give a um, short presentation of their past year, and so it was really encouraging to hear each one talk for five or ten minutes about um, the Lord's work in their ministries. Are there any final thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners before we cut off the podcast? I, I think that it, it's important um, that we recognize the existence of denominations like Hanover and understand the way in which the Lord is using um, these denominations, um, Hanover, the Bible Presbyterian Church, um, various other small denominations, I think the Lord has great plans for these um, denominations as challenges um, continue, continue to emerge in other denominations, other larger ones. And so I'm curious to see um, how things um, change through, through the years. Now, when Hanover first started, it was three or four ministers, and it remained pretty small for a long time. In the three years that I've been there, and then I think the year or two previous, it's had pretty consistent regular growth. Um, we brought in um, a couple ministers a few years ago, including um, Dr. Joe Moorcraft um, and Wayne Rogers. Um, I came in last year, and um, Frank Brito in Brazil, um, who's translating Dr. Moorcraft's sermons into Portuguese. Um, so there, there's a lot of exciting things going on. And um, we're not having to uh, focus on revoice conference or other problems in our denomination. So it really has been a blessing. And it is small. Some people, I think, disparagingly use that term micro denomination. But I don't think that concerns us very much as we um, as we uh, work um, in our churches and with the denomination in, in quite a, a happy circumstance. And just for the record, if I ever refer to any group as a micro-denomination, I don't mean it in a disparaging way. Um, sometimes I jokingly refer to uh, the PCA or the OPC as micro-denominations, uh, just to grind the gears of some of my friends who forget how small we are compared to some of the, the larger mainline denominations that would look at us and, and say, look at those those little troglodytes dragging their knuckles around. That really is an interesting perspective because, you know, from the perspective of Hanover or, or another small denomination, the PCA is this big player in conservative Presbyterianism. But you're right, on the grand scheme of things, even the PCA is, is a quite a small denomination. Although I think, you know, they in, in some sense um, have had a um, an impact much larger than than the size of their denomination. I think a lot of the Reformed and PCA schools, Covenant, Westminster, have had students from so many other denominations um, study there that our Presbyterian ideas have expanded um, quite broadly, and the PCA does have a very central and important place. And, and we certainly, I know for myself, and I think all the ministers in Hanover, we certainly pray for the PCA, and we we um, continue to look for its um, continued reforming work. And there are concerns. I think there are also hopeful things. And I've been fortunate to attend the PCA General Assembly the last two years. And I, I, I came away somewhat encouraged at this past 
um, General Assembly. So I don't think it was all quite as bad as um, some uh, more conservative ministers um, <laughs> might have thought running out of the PCA like the building's on fire. <laughs> so. Well, Doug, I really appreciate you joining me on the podcast. This is the first time we've done a denominational debrief for Hanover Presbytery, but it probably won't be the last time, as we do have a couple of graduates serving in your midst, including your senior pastor, Richard Hicks, and then and, and other men as well. And, um, you know, like you said, we, we pray for all of the denominations and congregations in which our graduates serve, and then some denominations that our graduates aren't currently serving in as well. Um, we're a seminary that is serious about not just loving the Church in some kind of amorphous, non-specific way, but the particular branches of Christ's Church that, that, that Christ is, has sent out into the world to proclaim the Gospel, and that's what we call denominations. Doug, thank you for joining me, brother. Yeah, thanks for having me on. You've been listening to a production of Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. For more information about the seminary, please visit www.gpts.edu.